Okay, it's uh, time for another edition of Spinning Singles. This is Todd. And this weekend we're doing it Saturday evening because tomorrow I'm going to be pretty busy. So um, let's get started. And I believe last uh, episode we were talking about the bubbling under charts of 1982. And I'd done um, up to the letter J. So we've got uh, seven or so more songs to talk about that bubbled under. Uh, for the year of 1982, and then we'll get right into 1983. So the first song I'm going to talk about uh, was actually the first chart appearance by Madonna. And uh, at the time, of course, nobody knew who she was. And this was before Holiday. And um, the song is called Everybody. It bubbled under at number 107. And the thing about this song is um, promo copies were pretty easy to find at the time. And of course, I got one of those, but a stock copy is extremely hard to find. And I've only seen it once and I grabbed it. So I do have it. Uh, as I understand, the stock copy is probably about a $50 record. Um, the promo is probably a $10 to $15 record. But that's Everybody by Madonna. And of course, she was on the Sire label. And that was her first chart entry that bubbled at 107. Moving on to the next record I'm going to talk about that uh, actually peaked at number 104 in 1982. Um, it's by a soul artist that had a lot of hits on the soul charts and a few Hot 100 hits. And this one I'm going to talk about is one of my favorites by her. It's Melba Moore. And at that time, she was on the EMI Silver label, and the song is called Love's Coming At Ya. And it's a very upbeat, danceable song. It's from her album The Other Side of the Rainbow, and like I said, from 1982, it's probably a 4 to $5 record. I did hear this on the radio a few times back in Olney when I was growing up. And I like the song a lot. And um, it's a shame it didn't make the Hot 100, but it did make number 104. And that's Melba Moore, Love's Coming At You. Next song reached number 103. And it was by a group that uh, never made the Hot 100, and uh, I believe this was maybe one or two of their only singles. And it was called the Novo Combo, and it's N-O-V-O Combo, and it was on the Polydor label, and the song is called Tattoo. And um, kind of a pop rock tune, and I believe they were from the Northeast, this group. And Novo Combo... Uh, the album it was from was uh, entitled Novo Combo as well. The record itself is kind of hard to find as a stock copy, which are a lot of bubbling under records because they didn't get very high and they didn't sell a lot. So the stock copy on this is probably about a $5 record, and that's a Novo Combo by Tattoo. Next song I'm going to talk about um, was by a girl group, which uh, always been one of my favorites, but this is a girl group that only had one song ever on the charts that i know of and this was it it was called it was called song on the radio and it was on the columbia label and it was from the album the pinups and that's who the group was the pinups and they were an all group um all girl group and the picture sleeve that it has with it is pink with a picture of the group and uh other pictures on the back and the song um was kind of upbeat i only heard it a couple times when it was out and it bubbled under it at 110, and it's probably about a $5 record with the sleeve. And that's the pinup song on the radio. 
Next song I'm going to talk about was from Bonnie Raitt. And at that point in 1982, she hadn't had a huge amount of hits. And I was not very familiar with her. Most of her hits came later in the 80s. But this was called Me and the Boys. And I always liked this song. Very upbeat and rocking for her. And it came from the album Green Light. I remember hearing this song as an album cut back then. And this uh, bubbled under and went to number 109 on the national charts. And it's on the Warner Brothers label. And it's probably about a 3 to $4 record. And that's Bonnie Raitt, Me and the Boys. Uh, next song I'm going to talk about was from the group Squeeze. And uh, they had had a big hit called Tempted. And this was one that I believe came off either similar to the same album or around the same time. It's called Black Coffee in Bed. And um, it does have a picture sleeve. And the song got a lot of airplay on the alternative uh, stations, and that's where I mostly heard it. It did cross over and bubbled under at number 103 nationally. So it wasn't a huge hit nationally, but I did hear it and uh, heard it a lot while I was in college later on. So, But that was Black Coffee in Bed. It's on the A&M label. And the picture sleeve is actually kind of hard to find, so I'd say it's probably a 5 to $6 sleeve. Record is probably 2 to $3. And the last song I'm going to talk about for Bubbling Under 1982 was a song by a girl who was uh, a protege of Prince. You can say that. Her name was Vanity, and she had a group called Vanity Six. And this was one of her first 45s. It's called Nasty Girl. It was on Warner Brothers' label, the same as Prince's label. Definitely has the Prince kind of influence, the funk sound of Prince on this. And uh, Vanity uh, Vanity 6 does have some value because it is Prince-related. And this just missed the Hot 100. It bubbled under at number 101. And as far as value goes, this did not have a picture sleeve, but the, but the record's probably about a $5 record um, because of Prince's involvement with that. And that ends up bubbling under for 1982. And uh, when we get to the end of 1983, I will talk about some more bubbling unders. But before that, we're going to start with 1983, the year itself. And the first week, which was um, on Billboard January 1st, 1983, was a frozen chart, which meant that they didn't publish a chart over Christmas and New Year's uh, at that time. So the songs pretty much just stayed where they were. So they called it a frozen chart. The next chart to actually have some movement was January 8th, 1983. And there were only two songs that debuted in the top 40 at that time. And the first one came in at number 31, up from 43. So it was moving up pretty quickly. It was a follow-up to Rock This Town. And it was by the Stray Cats. And it's called Stray Cat Strut. And it was a pretty big hit for them because it would go to number three nationally. It's on the EMI label, the same label as Melba Moore at the time, from their album Built for Speed. And it did have a picture sleeve. And the sleeve shows them leaning up against some really um, classic cars uh, on both sides of the sleeve. Sleeve's kind of hard to find. You don't see it too often. Uh, the record, since it was such a big hit, went to number three. And it did stay at number three for three weeks. But a pretty popular song, got a lot of airplay. And the sleeve is probably a 5 to $7 sleeve. The record's probably 3 to $4. And the only other song to come in the top 40 that week, as I refresh my voice, was um, A Flock of Seagulls. And this was their follow-up to Iran. It's called Space Age Love Song. 
another upbeat, great song by them. Did have a picture sleeve. It's on the Jive label. Came in at number 40 and would go to number 30 nationally. So it wasn't a huge hit as far as the charts go, but it got a lot of good airplay. And I liked the song a lot, so much so that it was a number one song on my countdown, but only made number 30 nationally. And the picture sleeve is probably a four to five dollar sleeve. The record's probably two to three dollars if you can find it. And that space age love song by a flock of seagulls. And the only other song I'm going to talk about that week was a Hot 100 hit. And it was a crossover hit by Michael Murphy. He used to be Michael Martin Murphy, and he dropped the Martin. And this is called Still Taking Chances, and it's a very upbeat song. He was still considered a country artist at the time, but he had, had just had a big hit called What's Forever 4. And this was around, uh, I think, the follow-up to that. It's on the Liberty label, which is the same color as EMI. And it was from the LP, Mike, Michael Martin Murphy, and Still Taking Chances. It came in at number 88, would only go to 76 nationally on Billboard's Hot 100. But still a great song if you've never heard it. And that's Michael Murphy, Still Taking Chances. Probably about a 2 to $3 record. Which brings us to the next week of 1983, and it was dated January 15th. And there were four songs to come in the top 40 that week. And my voice is acting up tonight. So I had to take another sip of my tea there. Anyway, the highest song that week also came in at 31, up from 52. So it was a big, big mover, and it was by a group called Musical Youth, and it was their only top 40 hit, and it was called Pass the Duchy. And very unique kind of reggae-sounding song, and Musical Youth were a bunch of youths, as you can tell, and they sounded like it too. And um, kind of a combination of rap and reggae. And it peaked at number 10, so it was pretty popular. And it does have a picture sleeve. The picture sleeve is green and just shows the title on the front and a picture of the group on the back. Probably about a 5 to $6 record. It was a top 10 record, so it wasn't um, hugely valuable or hard to find. Next song I'm going to talk about came in at number 35, was the first entry by Culture Club. And at the time, they were kind of unique. They had a singer called Boy George. Um, and this song went on to number two. It's called Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? And it was their first chart entry. Spent three weeks at number two. Did not make it to number one, but it was still a huge, huge hit. Remember hearing this all over the radio when it was out. And it was on the Epic label. And as it turned out, it was one of their first, uh, their first of many big hits and from the album Kissing to Be Clever. And it's probably only about a 2 to $3 record, and that's Culture Club, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? Next song to come in at 39, stayed at 39. That's as high as it got. And it was actually a song by Barry Manilow called Memory, and it was from the uh, Broadway show Cats. And several big artists had already done that song, but for some reason he decided to cover it, and it did crack the top 40, made it to 39, and that was it. So, of course, it was a ballad on the Arista label, and I can't tell you too much about this song because I didn't hear it much. I was kind of surprised to see it get as high as it did, but that's Barry Manilow in memory, probably about a 3 to $4 record. No picture sleeve on that one. And the last song to come in that week was a, another single by Ray Parker Jr., and it was called Bad Boy, and it was upbeat. Also on the Arista label, same color label as Barry Manilow. Came in at 40, would only go to 35 nationally, but a great upbeat song. I liked it a lot. 
In fact, this one also hit number one on my countdown. And uh, Ray Parker Jr. was totally by himself at this point, gotten away from the group radio. And this did not have a picture sleeve. And uh, the record's probably a 3 to $4 uh, record. You never really hear this song on the radio much to nowadays. I heard it when it was out, but it's not one you hear normally. So that brings us to the next week of 1983 in January. And it was dated the 22nd. And the highest debuting song coming in at number 29 in the Hot 100 itself, it debuted. And this was Christopher Cross, and he was pretty much on fire in the early 80s. And this was called All Right, and it turned out to be a big hit from him from another page was the name of the album. It would go to number 12 nationally, and it does have a picture sleeve, and the picture sleeve just shows his title up on the right and a pink flamingo on the front. And um, you've heard this song on the radio. It was played all over the place. Still hear it today. And not a valuable record. Maybe a 3 to $4 record. And that's Christopher Cross with All Right. Um, we have a lot of firsts in January 1983, and this next song was the first top 40 hit for Duran Duran. It was called Hungry Like the Wolf, and it came in at number 34 and would go to number three for three weeks, uh, just like Stray Cat Strut. And uh, interesting about this record, it was released twice. The first time it was released, it was a B-side and did not chart. The second time it was released, it was released on the same label, Harvest, but it became the big hit. So for some reason, they tried it a second time, and it worked out. Uh, a note about Duran Duran around this time period, they released a song right before this that got some airplay, but it did not chart at all in this country. It's called Girls on Film, and it was a very great song, and you still hear that from time to time. It was a hit overseas, but not in the USA. But try to find a copy of that USA 45 is really tough. I have a promo copy, but I've never seen a stock. But back to Hungry Like the Wolf, um, it did have a picture sleeve, and the picture sleeve is probably one of their hardest to find. And um, it's a purple sleeve with a picture of the group on the front and on the back. So the record itself is probably 3 to $4, but the picture sleeve is probably about $10 for Hungry Like the Wolf and Duran Duran. Next song I'm going to talk about came in right behind it. It was by Lionel Richie called You Are... And it was his follow-up to Truly. It would go to number four. So it was a pretty big hit for him nationally on his Motown label. And it, it kind of had a little bit of a beat to it once you got into the song. It was from the album Lionel Richie. Um, no picture sleeve and probably about a 2 to $3 record because it was such a big hit. And yes, you still hear that on the radio quite a bit. Which brings us to number 36 that week. And this was by a group that had only had one other hit in the U.S., and they were from um, a Dutch group. And they had a big hit called Radar Love, I think in 74 or 75. And this was their only other hit. They hit the top 40 in the U.S. It was called Twilight Zone, and I'm talking about Golden Earring. And it was on the 21 Records label at the time. Radar Love, I believe, was on MCA. But this is a blue label that was out in the early 80s. And it would go to number 10, so it was a pretty big hit nationally. And I remember hearing this song quite a bit. Uh, the album version is longer, of course, and it took me a while to get that album, but the 45 version is still pretty decent, and that's Twilight Zone by Golden Earring. Probably about a $5 record if it's in really good shape. And the last song I'm going to talk about that week that came in the top 40 would come in at number 40, and that's where it stayed. It did not go any higher. 
and it was by the soul artist Sonny Charles. And he used to be with a group called Black Pearl. And um, that was a late 60s, early 70s soul group that recorded on AM. And at this point, he had gone out on his own and recorded a song called Put It in a Magazine. And it was on the High Rise label. And it was, um, looks like it was produced by Gene Page, who was another soul artist. But this record um, was the only one I've ever seen on this label, believe it or not. And um, it hit number 40, and it's probably about a four to, four to $5 record. It did not get a lot of airplay. And it's kind of a mid-tempo soul record. Put it in a magazine by Sonny Charles. Which brings us to the last record we're going to talk about this edition on Spinning Singles. And this was kind of, I thought it was a novelty record, but it did get a lot of airplay, and you still hear it a lot at dances. And I did play it when I DJed a lot, and you hear it on weekend party shows. It's called It's Raining Men by the Weather Girls. And um, it's on the Columbia label, the same looking label as Earth, Wind, and Fire. And it came in at 88, would go to number 46 nationally, just missing the top 40, not by much. And it had a lot of airplay because of its subject matter. And I'm sure you've heard it. And it did not have a picture sleeve. And it's probably about a 5 to $6 record, the original copy of it. And um, that's all I can really say about it because, you know, I played it because it was popular, but not one that I listen to a lot. And that's It's Raining Men by the Weather Girls. And since we just got started with 1983, we got a ways to go. We just finished January, and we will pick this up with the last week of January in 1983 when I come back with another edition of Spinning Singles. <laughs> ¶¶ 